Welcome back for another episode of Coffee with My White Friend. I am Jackie. I'm Joe. And I've got Joe here too. Yay, she's back. Oh, I'm so excited. So if you remember yeah, and you guys can hear some in the background. Um my kids on PlayStation. Um it's it's the only way I can get a moment right now. So just ignore him. Okay. Yeah, we are we are truly, truly living life just how everyody else lives life. So kids yeah. in the background doing their thing. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. Um Yeah. Yeah, so welcome to our coffee time. So Joe and I have been talking the last few weeks, just like I'm sure you have. I don't think that there is a person in this country who has not been talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and all of the the dichotomous good and bad that, that is coming out of it, right? So there's so much good coming out of it, but then there's also a lot of trauma, that is resurfacing and is being inflicted on uh, people of color as well. So yeah, it really, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So it really is something that we wanted to bring up today. We wanted to talk about, we wanted to discuss um, what, how to not inflict trauma as white people while we're going through this. Um, yes. Season. Your learning process should not be re-traumatizing, re-traumatizing the people that you're trying to learn from. Oh, that was good. That was good. Our learning process should not be re-traumatizing people that we are trying to learn from. So, for example, Joe, give us an example of something that has been going on with you that I'm dying to talk about. you know what at the end of the day joe i'm still white yeah like i'm white and i think one of the things too i want to point out is 
you know, at first I thought I was being a bad friend by not getting in touch with you or kind of working through this with you, asking you how you were doing, all of that. But I was monitoring you on Facebook and, and I just really didn't feel like it was my place. Well, it wasn't. And so, and then, but I appreciate you keeping the distance. Even my husband, who's white, I mean, he would like kind of tiptoe around the topics, but he was like following them closely. I found out later that he was like on top of all of it. Like even all the videos that surfaced, everything. So whenever I felt like whatever he got an inkling I wanted to talk about, he was ready, like ready. But what I didn't, um, hey, here's some comics, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, he, he bought me comics like every it was like every other day he had new comics for me which was really sweet that's, that's my go-to thing um and, and you know there was a lot of times where i just needed to vent and he just kind of was there and didn't say anything and didn't try to fix it didn't try to advise he just listened and so that's all i needed and i didn't need anything else so if you've got a black friend that you've not heard from since this thing started don't think, don't get all in your feelings. Tell your ego to, to take several seats because it's not about you. This is like a really, really huge moment for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're watching this go down. We're watching this happen to our people. And we're also wondering if this is genuine and if it's going to be lasting. Because I don't know if you guys remember 30 years ago, um, LA, um, LA riots were in what 91, 92, but before that, there were like two or three years building up a police brutality that people um, were going through. And there was like talks, and there were like, there were all kinds of town halls, and but it still kept happening. Yeah. 30 years later, we're at this moment. So we're dealing with that. So, you know, give your black friend space. Maybe if you want to, like, I mean, even if you, if you really, really think that you really should check in just you know um and and let's talk about that check-in the the important um uh, let me talk about that check-in for a second but if you really think you need to check in less is more just say hi how you doing and if they don't respond back it's okay it's not because of you this is a moment this is there this is a trauma right and just treat it as that that. so um, right now, is it okay if I talk about the checking in part? Yes. This is what you want to dive into. This is what Jackie wants to dive into. This is what Jackie is oh. pissed off about. <laughs> like, I'm ready to like, I'm serious. There are not very many things that will put me in a fighting mood. There really aren't. There are not very many things that will make me pop off and and rant. But this had me popping off. I was ranting. This ticked told, me off. As soon as I told her, she went live. Oh, yeah. I went live on Facebook right away and did a whole, like, yes. white people don't do this. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And I think the first, I wonder, did the person who wrote, wrote this, uh, did she get on your live? I'm not sure. I'm not even Facebook friends with her, and that is A-OK with me. And I did not personalize it. To the point that she would know I was even talking about her. Yeah, because I asked Jackie because I I'm I was still in this. I'm exhausted. I don't want to do this. You know how you guys how you are with your kids. They've been fighting all damn day, and you're like, and by the end of it, you're like, okay, I'm just tired. Please go sit down and do something. I don't care if it screams are involved. Just get away from me, type of thing. Yes, I was at that moment. 
So I was just like, okay, whatever, you go do what you're going to do. Just please do not cause more problems. And so um, she um, totally um, made this into like a hypothetical, not a hypothetical, but, you know. Ba- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did not do do anything that no identifiable markers. Okay, so checking in. I know a lot of you were uh, read a lot of stuff that said, you know, you should check in on your black friends. That was cool. That meant only saying, "Hey, how you doing? What's up? Want to go for coffee?" It did not mean going into their DMs and dumping every racist moment that you've ever that you can conceive of that keeps you up at night into that person's message and then asking for apology uh, and and apologizing for it. We are not the people you were telling to. I'm not your priest. I'm not your mama. Don't confess to me. I'm already going through my stuff as is. So when I see this, it's jarring. It's re-traumatizing. As a matter of fact, um, I, I got one in particular that I was just so... I don't know, just put out by it that I didn't even react to it correctly. Um, because I, I, I just, my first instinct was to look for the positive in it and to tune it out um, because it was too much for me to handle. Um, do not go and re-traumatize your black friends so that you can have a lighter heart. Do you feel guilty about the, the racism that you've experienced and that you've maybe may have taken place take being a part of and you feel like you need to confess go find your pastor go find your counselor go find your mom don't go to your black friend and i'm saying not saying this this is not a one-off situation like for me i'm saying this i've listened to horde like uh, scores of black women academics writers journalists activists and just you know, moms who have all said they have all gotten these DMs where their black, their white friends or alleged white friends are dumping all of this stuff in there. Um, so yeah, I that's not what you do. First of all, um, second, if they're your your friends, actually, um, I don't think that that would be the first thing that you think of because. Um, my actual white friends that I interact with, like Jackie and a couple others, they didn't, I, I did not hear about their, you know, guilt at all. I heard, hey, um, how are you doing? Or um, there was one who got in my Lucy uh, message saying, um, you know what? We haven't hung out as much with the kids because she and I, um, we used to go places with our kids when, um, and it and, and just sort of, just stopped. So she's like, there's, you know, as soon as COVID is over, um, you know, we need to get together and do a beach day. Um, and, and it was, that was the, the message. She didn't say anything about, you know, my, my white kids need to be around black people more and to, to, you know, learn tolerance or there was like nothing of that in there. Right. And so, um, she, it was just, Hey, as soon as you're up to it, as soon as COVID is over, let's do a beach day. That was it. I had another one who, you know, basically just, you know, hey, what's up? And, you know, um, she had seen me posting about the, all the Black Lives Matter posts that the companies are doing. 
And so she she did, was telling me about her company and how they did one and, and you know, what she's doing to um, to basically call her boss out, which is, you know, pretty badass. Um, and and I, I mean, that's, that, that's what she talked about. You know, she just kind of basically, hey, how you doing? And here's a story for you to distract you type of thing. Um, Jackie just kept doing, you know, just like, hey, how you doing? Here's a video. Right. Just like um, normal stuff because... Here's a song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like normal stuff, right? Yeah. Because that's what yeah. it is. I mean, I, I, I mean, though the friends that just did that. I had another one. Um, she, I know her just from the mommy groups. She just every every couple weeks or so. How's it going? How you guys doing? Hey, I found this black owned. Um, she's been really into finding black owned everything. Apparently, Washington State has a lot of black owned businesses. Um, cause she's found like a chocolate maker and wow. And so, yeah. So she'd like, come on. She's hi, how are you doing? How are you hanging out? Um, just to, you know, the black, um, women in, in, the, in our little circle on our chat and, you know, then she'd offer up this little, um, black owned place she found and, um, that was it. I mean, so and those little, those little gestures were were good they were enough um but this whole if you feel the need to you feel so guilty you have to dump your life not in your life if you have to apologize i don't they we don't need to hear that because our true friends the ones that we interact with know how we're feeling right now and they know that's too much for us right now and they know the only thing we want is to say hi and bye and that's it so maybe this isn't your true black friend and maybe you need to stop saying that too. That's my third one. If you feel that like you need to do this or if you've done this, then maybe that that's that person's not your black friend. Not even no maybe about it. That person's not your black friend. They're not. Because you wouldn't re-traumatize your friend by doing that. I mean, just like um Right. And I just want to jump in here, Joe, because I I'm guessing a lot of people are like, okay, but I don't what like what do you mean how how what do you mean by re-traumatize how how is me saying I'm sorry re-traumatizing so I just want to back up a little bit and talk about the the message that you shared with me that you got which was one of several this was not the only one but basically this individual had been with Joe in a um I'm just gonna call it I'm just going to call it a seminar several years ago. I'm going to try to leave all identifiable markers out because I know that this person's heart What you know, like we need to talk about it, but I don't want to like, you know, drag that person through the mud. So let's just say it's a seminar. So this person sat with Joe through a seminar that was, you know, several weeks long and never took the opportunity time to get to know her, right? Like we all do. We all sit in different scenarios or we're all at different meetings or whatever. And you have the people that you gravitate towards and that you're friends with. And you have the people that you don't gravitate towards that are just there. Right. Okay. This is just natural. So anyway, this woman inboxes Joe and says, hey, I never reached out to you. We should go out for coffee now. I never did that back then, probably because you're black. I'm really sorry. I'm seeing the racism in me, blah, 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 blah. That is re-traumatizing. 
Yeah. That is bringing up a woman's internal racism. And now that Joe maybe was aware of during the seminar, maybe wasn't aware of during the seminar. Maybe Joe yeah, didn't now, yeah. even think. Now I'm going back in my head. What all, what all happened? Did I try to reach out to her and she rebuffed me? Did it, I mean, did, was I like weird or something? Or was I like particularly black? What, what was going on? Right. Like what the what? And so yeah. I like, that is the thing that, you know, white women, we do not need to go through, you know, yeah, yeah, we do not need to go through every single scenario that we have ever been in where there might have been a woman of color and be like, oh, damn, I didn't reach out to her and I should have. Why? Why do you have to be the one to reach out to her, number one? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there are lots of people in my spinning class and I'm sorry, I'm an introvert. I don't really talk to anybody. But the ones that I do talk to, like, I don't talk to everybody. Um, and, and, I, and I know the seminar she's talking about. Um, I had friends in there and we were, we were really, really, I mean, uh, it, it was a really, I thought it was really great. I thought, that's another thing too. I thought the seminar was really great because I had a lot of friends in it. And we were able to like learn some great things that we we talk about, you know, still to this day. So now I'm thinking it wasn't as great as I thought it was. Right. All, all of this in the midst of the anxiety and worry about what's going on at this moment. Right. And trying to keep I your family safe and your son safe when he goes out and, you know, and not not being overcome with worry whenever your son goes to work. And like, it's just the last thing you need is some woman from your past several years ago, inboxing you, telling you that she's sorry she never asked you out for coffee. She probably didn't ask you out for coffee because she's because you're black. And do you want to go out for coffee now? Um, No. I don't want to go out for coffee with you now because now I'm a project. And you know what? Nobody likes projects. Nobody yeah. wants to be somebody's project. Nobody like wants that. Right. So... <laughs> You know, that's going to lead me to another thing. This whole concept of people having their token black friend. No, nobody wants no. that. Do you want to be someone's token white friend? Like, no. And it, that's the thing. If you feel the need to, like, go to that black friend, that's it's a token. And you know what? That's worse. The fact that you have a token black friend, that's a hella racist. Yes. It is. Oh. It, is. it so a, is. I, um, I have an I'm sorry. I have an article about you know the ten things you can uh, look look for you know in your relationship with your black friend. See, they truly are a black friend. Um, have you been to their house? Have you eaten with them? Eaten their food? Have you? Um, how long have you known them? Have you met their family? You know, do, what do you know about these these people? Right. If you don't, if the only thing you know is about the type of pen she uses in a seminar. That's not a lot. And if, if the only thing you know about their family is what you found on Facebook, it's not a lot. Right. You know, Jackie slept on my couch. So, you know, I didn't really, um, um, just one time, guys, don't, I mean, this, this, that, that I don't want to scandalize this and have people thinking, oh, what's going on in there? No, it was just one time. It was like a late night. We were like really talking. It was really late. Right. Um, and I just stayed. I was yeah, exhausted. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had the, and my kids. I, my kids were so candid with you that night. Um, yeah, it was good. Was so, yeah. Um, anyway, so um, I should have added to that list if your kids recognize, don't rec- recognize your black friend as a stranger. Right. Or your kids would think your black friend is a stranger. Because my kids know you and they would talk around you. So anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there. but go ahead. I just wanted to add that in. Um, are they really your friend? Right. And, you know, I think we just need to apply some, I, I don't know, just some, like, manners. Because mm-hmm. every, every, I don't know about men. I feel like men do relationships differently than women. So all all women, regardless of race, all women have different levels of friends in their lives. Like, we have different levels of of friends we have like the work acquaintances right like you have your work wife that you really don't you really don't spend time with outside of work she's just your friend in the workplace um i know i have my work wife um but i don't ever do anything social with her you know it's just she's there for me to and and most all of our conversations are work related but i would consider her my work wife and then you have like you know, you have acquaintances and then you have like friends and you have people that you do things with or that you talk on the phone with. or you, And then you have people that you, you know, your kids, you get together with your kids and all of that. And I just feel like in this moment, white women were trying so hard to jump into a different level of friendship with a woman of color in their life. And it made it wrong. Like, it made it wrong. I mean, honestly, I mean, Joe and I have been friends. Oh, my gosh. I don't even, I mean, I don't even know how long we've been friends. At least 15 years, yeah. I would say. And yeah. Well, no, longer than that. Because I think I, I mean, we met freshman year, my freshman year, which is 2004. Dear Lord. Um, well, my second freshman year. So, like, um, six, anyway. yeah, yeah, so, like, um, 16, 16 years or so. Yeah, because, what? Their kids were in the Charlie and Elise year. would have been, like, one year old in the daycare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've known each other, you know, for 16 years. I still, I mean, 16 years of friendship, and I am not going to ever inbox her and say, oh, my gosh, I did the most racist thing today. <laughs> like, I think I was being racist in this, blah, 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 blah. Why would I? Why? why? Yeah. Why would I take an internal dialogue of, oh, my gosh, I need to check my fear. I need to figure out why I just did that. And I need to work through that. Like, why would I take that to her? And you know, the first thing I want to say is, why did you, why did you bring, why, why are you asking me this? Why, what, what do you want me to do with this? Right? <laughs> right? So I think, you know, we, we cannot make our black friends confessionals. I think what Joe said is so true. If you need to unburden yourself with some sort of, you know, thing that you did that you recognize now as racist, you need to journal it. That would be my first suggestion. Journal it and ask yourself those serious questions. Why did I feel this way? Why did I react in this situation? Um, Who was it from my past that told me that this was a scary situation for me to be in? Like, 
oftentimes I am a firm believer. I really am. I really am a firm believer in this. That racism is a learned behavior, not an innate behavior. Mm-hmm. But because it is a social construct, we all learn it. We all learn it. It's a social construct. It is this thing that is is there regardless if we want to take part in it or not. It is it is there. And yeah. for white people, um, I think it is just so important for us to realize that you know, you you might have like the biggest heart in the whole world and you don't want to be racist. It goes against everything that you stand for as a person. And I'm going to tell you straight up, you are still, you are, there is a thing in you that is still going to wince at times because you're going to be, you're going to have these feelings. Yeah, you are going to have these feelings because you were raised in the social construct. So even if your parents raised you in the most diverse home where you had people of all ethnic backgrounds, all nationalities coming in and out of your home all of the time. You are used to all different cultures, whatever, whatever. You are still going to feel racism. You are still going to have this thing in you because of our society. And in this country, it stems back to slavery. But you are still going to have this. Right. Like I remember we had a student, um, my ex-husband and I, we used to house students at our local university who were in this international program where they chose instead of living in dorms for their college experience, they wanted to live with American families to kind of see what a family in America look like. Right. And so they would come and live with you. The family would get a stipend. You would feed them. You would drive them to classes, all of that good stuff. And so we did it. And they, they got a bedroom, all of that. So we did it. And we had a couple different students um, before we stopped the program, before we stopped participating. But the first one we had, he was from Saudi Arabia. And he was sharing with me um, one time about um, racism in Saudi Arabia and how it was different than racism in the U.S. And I thought it was very interesting, like very interesting. But this whole concept of racism is everywhere in the world. It's not always it's not always white and black like it is in our country. In Saudi Arabia, for them, it was the Saudi Arabians and the people from India. So, you know, it's culture. I mean, it's it's cultural. So you you get tribes even like um, I know in uh, some of the African nations there are tribal. You know, there's racism in tribes. I mean, watch Hotel Rwanda required watching. Watch that. Um, because, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it takes a different form and it's all the same. If you look at it, yeah. it's all the same, it's, it's the same kind of rule book. Um, I kind of wanted to, to kind of give an analogy because, um, just in case somebody's like, still like, I don't understand. It's almost like when you, um, say I'm your friend, but you know, you never knew that I robbed banks right? Um, the whole time we were friends, you never knew it. And so now it's weighing on my conscience. I feel really bad. I found out the other day that somebody died during one of my robberies. And I go to you and I tell you this. Right. Because you've experienced a death in the family and you know how, and you know, and I feel like because you felt you have experienced this death and, you know, maybe you're the closest person I can talk to. I can't say anything to that person, but maybe I can say something to you. 
because you have that this commonality with this person. So I go and dump all this in your inbox about all this the stuff that I've done. Now, what are you supposed to do with it? <laughs> right. Know? Like, do I turn you in for being a bank robber? Do I... Do I be friends with you still? Do I like, not? Yeah, with these letters, it's like I'm a, I kind of have the instinct. I have to fight the instinct to go to Black Twitter and be like, "Here, do your do what you do, you know," and just have them like roast these people. Um, there's some of these Black women that have done that. A lot of us won't, you know, because we just we we know the person. We know your heart's in the right place, so we won't. But I'm telling you, it's, it's the same thing. What are we supposed to do with this? Um, and, and so it, it, that's how it's re-traumatizing. And, and like you said, um, racism is learned. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't know was racist that I'm learning every day and I'm 40, you know, still. Right. So you're not going to know everything. We don't even know everything. There's a lot of black people who don't even know, uh, who still don't even understand Black Lives Matter because they, they just don't know. And we're brought up in this racist system to that just kind of, you know, is against all that, you know, and gets us learning these things. Um, that's what made this what the effort means. So, so I don't know. I think the, the next natural question from everybody is going to be, what do we do? Um, yes. So, um, okay. So we had an interesting question. We had an interesting uh, conversation about this. Um, the whole, what do we do? What do we do? Show me what to do. And I, and I, we talked about this, um, and you said something interesting about culture. Do you remember what that was? Yes. So the one thing that I know about white culture, no matter how much I, you know, fight against this, white culture is patriarchal and it's hierarchical. So we, we are in a patriarchal society and as much as as much as I want to say I'm a feminist, as much as I want to fight against the patriarchy, as much as I all of that, there does come a moment where you look for the white guy in charge. I'm looking for the white guy, and what are, what are they saying? Or not even yeah. the white guy. I'm looking for the guy. Like I'm looking for the, the leadership, mm-hmm. right? I'm looking. I'm looking for the male leadership like this is gonna this might really surprise a lot of people but I I basically am a feminist in every area and I I but I do believe in complementary and complementarianism is that what it is when it comes to relationships so like I am looking to I'm looking to a man to Decide whether or not I agree if I'm going to follow him or not. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of I know a lot of people. I know a lot of white people are looking for male leadership. Not that we're going to you know say oh because the white man said this we're going to do it or because you know the black man said this we're going to do it. But like we're looking for leadership to assess. Like we're looking for to male leadership to assess whether or not we want to follow them. And I'm going to say like the black female leadership is strong. I know what the black women are thinking. I follow the black women all over Instagram and I am so appreciative and they have taught me so much, but where are the men? I think in our culture, you know, the, the women have always led because we've always had to, we've always, um, it goes back to slavery when the men were taken away 
and we were left with the kids and having to make the decisions. And even after slavery, when they were arresting the men or hanging, lynching the men, the women had to hold things down. And yes. So, and, it, and it became communal. It, and it's a communal thing. So, you know, that's why you have these aunties and, you know, sister, you know, sister cousin, you know, whoever who is neat, nobody's sister, nobody's cousin. She's just some an older lady who lives in the um, neighborhood who's always helped watch all the babies, you know, or something. Um, if you watch Do the Right Thing, um, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, there's a, um, a sister husband woman um, on there. Sorry, I'm my phone again. But uh, there's, a, there's a sister husband woman, and she's an older lady, and she's like respected by everybody in the neighborhood. And she's the one everybody goes through, goes to it for advice. But she always, she, she, you know, is the one who pitches in and helps everybody. And she knows all the things. Um, it's not the black man. I mean, even though there's the guy who's respected us, but it's the woman. And so we, um, our leadership is a little, a little bit different. You kind of look at the, the black woman and also, you know, when it's th things like this happen, you do what you can do. So if what you're good at is something that can help the community, you do what you do to help the community. You don't go up to the black woman, you know, you that you see as the, the matriarch and you say, hey, I want to do something. What do I do? Educate me. Do No, you go, hey, I can, um, I have like, you know, really, I know a lot about public policy. I can, you know, help talk it through the bureaucracy. You know, where do you need me? It's where do you need me? It's where can I lend a hand? It's not tell me what to do. There's no tell me what to do. Which I think is, which I think is really interesting because there are a lot of white people that are like, well, I don't know what to do. If you just told me what I needed to do or just told me the right thing to say or I'll do whatever. And I think, remember, remember when this whole thing started a few, I think I want to say it was like the beginning of June. Um, so it was like two or three weeks ago. I don't know if maybe it was the end of May. I don't, I don't know. My timeline is all off, but I think it was a couple weeks ago and everybody was, um, was blacking out their pictures on Instagram. Right. And then hashtagging BLM. So white women thought, well, they, okay, this is what we do and did it and didn't even think of all the ramifications didn't even think yeah, anything because we just were told what to do and we did it and yeah. so i think that knowing that that's a difference in culture and um that we just we just do what we just do it and so yeah. it's interesting though for you and and i don't know um Everyone that's listening, if you go back and listen to last week when I interviewed Mel T, he gave a very detailed explanation of what Joe just talked about. He went a few more layers deep into why why it why the black culture is more matriarchal now, but the roots of black culture are not matriarchal. Like before slavery, it was patriarchal. And so he kind of goes in depth into that as well. And I think that's really really important for us to understand the culture the black culture that we are seeing now is because of slavery is because of mass incarceration so we are seeing a matriarchal culture just like what joe said because of these things that that white people did 
it is a way to, it is a survival means, a way to, to stay going, knowing what the white person did to their culture. And right. I think so when you come in, so when you come up and you're like, okay, who's the guy in charge? Somebody tell me what to do. You're just inflicting. I mean, you're just kind of jabbing a knife into the wound. Yes, you are. So, um, and this again, snap it. Yeah. So I think, I think I think the best thing to do. Um, sorry, I think the best thing that they need to do is to sit back and reflect on what can you do. If even if you're like, I, I had one woman who's like, well, I have kids and I'm at home and I do this. Send money to the people who are, who can go out. Right. There's so many other so many uh, organizations out there. They need so much help. I mean, um, there's um, a Black Lives Matter. Um, or there's Black Lives Matter organizations. There are organizations that are covering the health costs of the protesters once they get COVID for marching for us. There are people who are um, helping the business owners rebuild. There are helping. There are people who are helping um, the the families of those um, who were um, the casualties of police violence. There's so much out there. So Get much. Money. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, send money, and if you are a stay-at-home mom and your your money is um, is sparse, right? You don't have a lot of money, and so maybe you're like, I would love to, but I can't. Go to the library and get books without white characters. Mm-hmm. Go to the li- just go to the library. Go through the children's section. Pick out books that are not about white characters. And read them to your kids and introduce your kids to characters of different um, ethnicities and different cultures. And just yeah. start at home. Start like, at home, yeah. Start um, at home are, and like, stop. Really sa- shocked. Yeah. yeah. People are really shocked if, when they find out that one of um, my four-year-old's favorite characters is a Muslim superhero, Kamala Khan, who's um, Miss Marvel. Um you let her read that? We mean let her. First of all, she's four. She's not reading anything. Um, <laughs> why would I not? I mean, this is a cool character, and she identifies with her and loves her. Um, and, 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 you know, I've gotten the, don't you have a lot to explain? Because that's where the learning comes in. Because I have to learn about the culture to explain to her and answer her questions about the culture. Yes. This thing is meant to be uncomfortable. Yes. So, yeah. And, and then while you're picking out books for your kids, go get some for yourself. Yes. You know, um, educate yourself. If you have no money to spend, educate yourself. And, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, there's always something that can be done. Follow um, scholars, follow black women follow on social media. Um, oh, yeah. Sharing. Um, also sharing the, the different um videos that are educational the memes that, are, that break these things down the stories yeah the legit gofundmes because there's a lot of gofundmes going around that are not um for that are not getting to the the protesters share the legit one that are out there yeah 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 um, there's a lot to so, so i'm telling this is my daughter over there she's telling me miss um I'm starting a black caucus and we raised $93,000 for black lives matter in 24 hours. Caitlin was telling you, just gave me all this. So she's like subscribed to email lists, um, um, of, of these organizations, black lives matter, the NAACP, 
Yeah. Yeah. The email list, they have opportunities, they have learning, they even have like um, articles where you can learn things that you never knew. I, I mean, I learn things all the time. And they also have like, even make, sometimes there may be something local that's free that they'll put in there. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll teach you about what's happening. They'll break down, you know, all the politics of, of what's happening. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so oh, we, yeah, that is cool. There's like, um, there's like this, um, this, this cool thing about, um, where to find all the Confederate monuments in your area and, and how to report them. Very cool. There's like cool stuff like that. I know Chicago, even, um, for the Chicago race riots, they have this app. Uh, that shows where um, uh, black, black people were murdered by white people throughout the city. Um, and you can go to those sites. Um, and that's, that, and that's, you, that's stuff you get from the Newberry Library. Um, yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, supporting victims' families. Yeah. Oh, I said that one. So anyway, she's like, she's like giving me a list of, you know, stuff we need to do. So, so yeah, um, go, you, you don't have to pay the money. Um, and you, and you can be a stay at home mom. You can be busy. You can, you know, if you're working two jobs, subscribing to an email list doesn't cost anything. It doesn't. Exactly. And you can educate yourself on your commute to work. Right. Um, yeah. So. Exactly. So I do, I just want to say, we just gave you a ton of different things you can do rather than ask your black friends what you can do or inbox your black friends and apologize for every racist thing you've ever done in your past um, to absolve your sin or to move your guilt off of yourself. Um, yeah. You know, these can are I things you can do. Thing? Yeah. Um, so this, this whole asking your black friend thing also goes back to this whole mammy effect on black women where um, white women would look to black women to care for their children, to breastfeed their children, to, educate their children and themselves interesting so you running to your black friends for education to to say how can i educate my kids i actually wrote an, an article about this um washington post we can link it um it's a couple years old but it's still relevant running to your black friend to get the education to get the the knowledge to get you know what do i do how do i do this that's that mammy effect that is still from in effect since racism, you see black woman as someone to take care of you. We were not your mammy. Right. So, yeah, that's something to think about before you start running to your black friend asking, how do I help? You know, what do I need to do? And, you know, yeah, reframe your question or don't ask it at all. Right. See, and that's another, you know, what Joe just brought up with the, with the mammy effect you know, that's something that if you're, you know, if you're alive today on this planet, you, you know, you didn't own slaves. And so you, you don't even realize the trickle down effect of, of how slavery is still relevant today, right? I think one of the biggest fallacies that I hear so much is, um, well, slavery ended, so blah, 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 and everyone's got the same opportunities, da, 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 But Joe just highlighted how the threads of slavery are still active in our society today in a way that white women have no conscious awareness of. It's all subconscious. It's all collective 
um, experience that's has gone down into the memory banks that we just do now and we don't even think about, right? Conditioning, yeah. Yeah, it's massive conditioning. And so, you know, that is a racist thing that we do that we're not even aware of. So when you notice that, again, what I want to say is if you are, if you're going, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. I need to go tell so-and-so that I'm so sorry I've been coming to her. And the mammy effect, no, no, just journal it. And stop going to your friend and and stop using the mammy effect. Like, that's all you need to do. You don't need to go and, like, unburden yourself and be like, oh, my gosh. So did you know that I've been coming to you for this and blah, 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 and I've been looking at you as being my rock and that, you know, you are the one that's holding me together? Like, no, don't. Just don't. Just stop doing it and journal it. Don't go to them. And I think, you know, having these breakthrough awareness moments where you go, oh, my gosh. That was this, that, that's what Joe and I really want to highlight to you with this episode is, is when you have those breakthrough moments, when you have those aha moments, don't go run to, don't go run to your black quote friends and you don't want to hear it. yeah. And I'm burdening your like aha moment on them. They're fully aware <laughs> <laughs> or they're good not to know that about you. <laughs> we were being nice and not pointing it out. Right. Most of the time, yeah, most of the time we were being polite and not pointing it out. Get yourself a journal. Yeah. Yeah, just get yourself a journal and start journaling it and figuring out like all these things that were in you and and that you didn't know or you know, you picked up along the way and journal them out. Don't be going to people. The journal is the best way to unburden yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we are so excited that we were able to come with to you again. Um, and we'll be back again next week with another episode of Coffee with My White Friend. Um, there's so much to talk about. And we're just excited that we can we can be on this journey with you and be walking this path with you and um, talk the real, like just get to the realness of it and the, you know, the down and dirty. Um That's what this is about. So we'll see y'all next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.